0: Well, hello there, woman beings, and I hope you're having a fantastic day. Today, we are going to be talking about boobs, bras, and of course, corruption in our <laughs> review of Victoria's Secret Angels and Demons. It's a new docu series on Hulu. Maybe not that new anymore, but it's been new. So we're just going to dive right
1: in. What? This is Woman Being
2: where we explore thoughts and opinions
1: and have the freedom to change our minds without expectation or judgment. We will hold a safe space and support each other as we navigate together in the form of feminine. Okay, ladies, thank you so much for being here with me today. You're welcome.
0: I hope you enjoyed watching the docuseries when you did. Yes? A little bit, maybe? Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, we're going to get into all the nitty-gritty details, but first, let's just give kind of a synopsis of what this docu series is. Essentially, over three episodes, you follow kind of the origin story of Victoria's Secret and also of Les Wexner, who is the
1: old owner, dude in Ohio. <laughs> old, old
0: dude in Ohio. <laughs> Um, that uh, bought Victoria's Secret and grew it to be a very successful company and owned L Brands, um, which is kind of the umbrella company that a bunch of other retail brands fell under. Um, what am I missing?
2: Oh, um, I guess the only other thing that you didn't mention that it includes is a lot about Harvey what? No. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, they're the same, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein. They all blend together. It's all uh, the same. Yeah. Corrupt white men. <laughs> yeah.
0: Basically. Um, yeah. That was kind of, like, surprising. There was a lot about him in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you follow the models somewhat. Mm-hmm. You hear some of, like, the inner workings of the company. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, I think. So I'm curious to know... What was your impression of Victoria's Secret before watching the docu-series and after? Like, was there did it change your opinion at all? Or like what was it like growing up with the impression of Victoria's Secret? As that's a young an
2: interesting girl. question. Oh, that's two questions. That's an yeah. very different. I'm just gonna
1: I'm just gonna throw them all <laughs> throw at them you. Throw them all out. Okay. So I mean, I have I think I have multiple views of Victoria's Secret depending on what point in my life you ask me about it. But mm-hmm. growing up Victoria's Secret was like lewd it was something for adults only Mm -hmm. it was like provocative Mm -hmm. um and but like later in life I like tried on a bra that fit me for the first time and it was life-changing you know so um I've had really positive experiences like in Victoria's Secret stores personally um mainly just because they have bra sizes that fit me um but I mean like how much exploring of other brands have I done very little mm. <laughs> when it comes to bras? It just sort of seems like Victoria's Secret is the place to shop for yep bras mm-hmm. um, I don't think much changed though about my viewpoint of them because like every company, I think I was I've always been aware that they have a dark underbelly they definitely don't like represent. Models well, or body types well. Yep. Um, and so, so yeah. I, I Honestly, yeah, the documentary series did not change really anything for yeah. me. Which was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, you wanted your mind to be changed? No, but I wanted to feel like I learned something new. Hmm. Which is not that I didn't learn new things. Like, I learned, like, facts about the creation of the company and Mm. and things like that and sort of the i i sort of knew the connection between les wexner and um jeffrey epstein but i learned more about it but you know to me it was nothing nothing blew my mind Mm. sure
2: yeah yeah i feel like i grew up sort of at first thinking oh Victoria's Secret is just obviously like not really for me because I was a child Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I, I dabbled slightly into like purchasing things from the brand um for a couple years I think I had a couple things from Pink and I owned one bra from Victoria's Secret and that was like the extent of my Victoria's Secret involvement um now it's a it's a company I would never buy anything from, so it's just not even on my radar um, because they don't align with my values. So that, to, to me, it's like, again, similar to Kelly, it doesn't really – this docuseries doesn't, like, change my view of Victoria's Secret because they're already on my no list. Mm. Like, they're already a no for me, period. So they're just not – A company that I would even anything bad that I hear about them is just like, okay adds up contribute that to the list of like bad things and like why I wouldn't purchase from them. And so, yeah, for me, it was it it didn't necessarily change my view of them. It reinforced some things. I did learn some new things like I actually didn't know that there actually was a fake woman called victoria oh yeah i didn't know that either i genuinely thought everyone knew that this was not actually someone named victoria yeah i thought i remember in in school at some point people would joke about it like haha there is no victoria from victoria's secret Mm. and i'm like yes this is common knowledge and i didn't realize they had an actual campaign of someone who was posing as victoria Mm. like in ads and stuff and it was like this is victoria Mm -hmm. who created the company where to the point where employees were asking when do we get to meet victoria because they thought it was a real person and i'm like what (laughs) because in my mind everyone knew she was made up and i didn't realize how much they had reinforced it at first yeah and so that was fascinating but um so there was stuff like that where i was like oh i didn't know this um and there were things that added to my list of why I already don't buy from them. So yeah.
0: That's fascinating. I probably have a different perspective because I have worked for Victoria's Secret, mm-hmm. right? I was a bra specialist. I ran the fitting rooms. Um Uh, I was a part of what you would call the customer experience team, where it's like my job is to make sure that every customer that walks in the door has a fantastic experience. Um, And it's interesting that you bring that up, the idea of Victoria, and Mm -hmm. it makes sense to me being an ex-employee. And it's because the reverence that Mm -hmm. we would talk about either Victoria, because the idea is that we are all Victoria, Mm -hmm. or at least that's how we were trained. And we would talk about the customer experience. We would say her experience. Mm-hmm. We would say, oh, she, like the customer walking in. And I, I just remember, like, we would be in awe of these women that, like, just everyday women, we'd be like, oh, she is Victoria. Like, mm-hmm. I'm Victoria. Like, and so that's we really are all we Victoria. are all Victoria <laughs> uh, because the secret is success Whoa, not successful. That's not it. The secret <laughs> is sexy, sophisticated, and forever young. And so the idea is you are sexy, you are also sophisticated, and through every phase of life, you have that young vibrance, that joy, that zealousness for life. Um, and our goal was to support her through all of those things. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Support. Literally her. Mm-hmm. support her. Um <laughs> And so I think for me, it was really interesting to hear more about the corporate side of things and from different, like, people within the company. And, I mean, I knew when I worked there that I wasn't working for a very, like, ethical corporation. Um, It was just, like, I loved what I got to do in the store every day. And that's what mattered to me. And I knew I didn't really – I just got to help women, uh, even if – the company values didn't necessarily align with me, mm-hmm. even like more so now. But at the
1: time, I was like twenty two. Yeah, I don't know if like ethical corporations were really even on my grid. Yeah, like five years ago. Yeah, so
0: for sure. And so yeah, I I have yeah just a very different experience that I I had awe for um, getting to go to work every day um and it was like a fun job and I got to work with fun powerful women Mm um but yeah it's I think very interesting to hear more in the docu series about just how everything started going down because I probably started working there once the success started to downturn Mm -hmm. and so I probably saw three fashion shows while i was there and i remember seeing just like the decline of like like you went to them? No, sorry. Oh. I didn't get to go, but we would have watch parties every uh, year. That was the thing. You got your in your pajamas that we as your a store pink pajamas, Your pink or pajamas or Victoria's Secret, i guess. And <laughs> you would we would rent a space in town and we would like get pizza and food and sit and we would as a staff watch the Victoria's Secret show and it was like very something very special for us. Mm-hmm. Um And so, yeah, it's just – it's all very interesting. Now, being on this side of it, I would say that it didn't really change my opinion. But growing up, I always thought of Victoria's Secret as, like, something very special and, like, expensive. And, like, I was like, oh, one day maybe I'll get to buy Victoria's Secret bras because we were poor. And so it's like that wasn't something – It's like, nope, you get bras at Target or Walmart. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea of spending $50 on a bra was like, that's like half of a week's worth of groceries, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But I'm curious to know, did you guys know about Les Wexner and the influence of L Brands before watching this documentary? Or like, is that something that came to your knowledge like prior to? Because I feel like Les Wexner, maybe not in the last few years, but he's kind of like, the secret, like, bajillionaire that lives in Ohio. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like people don't really know about L Brands and, -hmm. like, how many companies L Brands falls falls under the umbrella. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: so I'm curious to know. Yeah. I
2: I couldn't have told you who Les Wexner was before Mm -hmm. watching this docuseries. And so I just really didn't know anything about him. And I also didn't realize that L Brands, I think I had heard of L Brands, in terms of like the limited mm-hmm. and, um. I think, is it like Hollister Hollister, or was it Abercrombie?
0: I think it's both. Or is it both?
2: (laughs) It's all the same to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew those brands were in that, but I didn't realize Victoria's Secret was in that. And I didn't know Les Wexner was the leader of L Brands. Oh
1: my gosh. Do you guys remember being in malls growing up and going into Hollister or Abercrombie and like not being able to breathe? Oh, I loved it. (laughs) I remember not being able to
2: see because it was (laughs) so dark. Yes. It was so, so dark. I swear
1: they had a haze machine running too because it's like hazy. I think you're right. Yes. And it smells, like, it's so thick. the
2: thickest, strongest cologne yeah. smell. And you can,
1: of, like, you can yeah. smell it down the mall yeah. hallway. I yeah. actually
2: do think it would make me sort of nauseous sometimes. <laughs> really? I didn't shop at those stores very much. I was an American Eagle gal, um, and the American Eagle had a much brighter <laughs> and less smelly store. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, although they definitely had a brand <laughs> going, but those stores were a little bit more foreign yeah. to me, and I think they did make me feel, like, That's
0: so funny. I would because we we again couldn't afford to shop there, but I would ask to go into the stores because I loved the
1: smell. Yeah, I was Uh like, ah, this is what rich people smell like. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was I was poor gal as well, and so like I rarely. I don't think I don't know if I ever purchased anything from one of those stores. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I would go in and it would just be like, wow, (laughs) look at all these shirts that are twelve dollars. That's so expensive. Uh, Yeah. And that was my life.
0: Yeah. I remember I bought one pair of sweatpants that were on sale, sale, sale Mm -hmm. from Holster. And I wore those things so much. Totally. I thought they were so cool. I think I got them for like $12. Yeah. Which was like, score. I I had like
1: some hand-me-down shirts that my friend got rid of that Mm -hmm. she didn't want anymore that Mm. I wore all the time. Because uh, for me, like the... I mean, this is literally not about what we're talking about today, but, like, for me, that was the epitome of fashion at the time for for middle schoolers was, does it have Hollister or Abercrombie? Yeah, does it have a logo. Where is the The label? But I
0: think it does feed into that, right? Because it's, and they talk about this, and it's in the documentary, and it's like, we built up the expectation of these brands and infiltrated the malls of America. That was the strategy. And it's like, oh, do you have that Victoria's Secret brand Mm -hmm. On your bra strap, mm-hmm. like, because that was a, a symbol of status. No, yeah. it really
1: is. Like, yeah, the the status thing actually plays a huge role. I mm-hmm. think Apple has done a really good job good. at mm-hmm. <laughs> dominating that. Yep. Um, nowadays, we don't. They're more subtle about it, though. So, it, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like it's the same strategy. It's sort of like oh, feeling 100%. feeling like you're on the in. Yes. When it comes, because to, literally
2: with Apple specifically. It's been ingrained in people somehow that, like, you make fun of people when they don't have Apple products. Um, yeah. You go, why? Yeah. Like, yeah. I do that. I, why don't you have Apple products? Um, yeah. Why, why do you, you have core? something else? <laughs> Not, But it's also, like, why are you, in my mind, it's like, why do you like things that don't function as well? Yes. Like, yeah. Do you yeah. like things that don't work as well yeah. as they should? Do like shitty phones or yeah. what's your deal? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating that they, like, and I truly believe they have ingrained that into us. Uh-huh. 100%. Um, in this idea of, like, yeah, Apple elitism. Mm-hmm. Or even with Victoria's Secret, they talk about how Les Wexner essentially invented that that strategy of marketing mm-hmm. and that strategy of selling yeah. people Uh, the brand and like the the status and uh, the Mm -hmm. image that they get to represent Mm -hmm. as opposed to just telling them this bra is going to support you in this way Mm -hmm. and do this for you it's Mm -hmm. really you will get to be like a victoria's secret angel Mm -hmm. if you get this bra and all of your friends will be jealous and all of your friends will think that you're cool and all of that and on top of that one of the things that really got me (laughs) was there was this quote where one of the people that was interviewed in the docu-series talked about how before Victoria's Secret, women had only like a couple pairs of bras and underwear. Um, just like how a man does with their underwear. And so essentially he was saying women had underwear habits akin to men, but Victoria's Secret told women, you actually need an abundance of these things. And so Victoria's Secret was cultivating a consumerist like hoarding mindset Mm -hmm. of you need to buy a ton of these things. You won't be sufficient in your undergarments Mm -hmm. if you don't have these things. When before women were perfectly fine with the amount of bras and underwear that they had like Mm -hmm. it's this lie of like you need more that like they they infiltrated into women's brains which is also so frustrating because you're targeting women specifically to spend more money Mm -hmm. as opposed to men Mm -hmm. and that really frustrated me as well because we see like inequities with women spending money all the time with things like the pink tax Mm -hmm. and so to me it's just another pink tax Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's interesting though because I grew up and myself and most people I knew had like two bras yeah and that was it Mm -hmm. it was like jeans you had like. Two to three pairs of jeans mm-hmm. and you wear them over and over again and that's it. But, like, that could just be my socioeconomic status, I suppose. Sure. But I, I feel like I haven't really been exposed to that mindset even though I've been in the culture in terms of, like, having more than yeah. a few bras. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating because you mentioned the lifestyle and that is what we were trained to sell. Mm-hmm. And it's like – I mean, I wasn't – I wasn't as focused on selling, honestly. Like, I really cared about the customer. But, like, the goal was one to wash, one to wear, one to spare for your bras. And then, obviously, you need matching panties. But that's for your everyday <laughs> bra, right? And Obviously, then it's like, your panties need to match. <laughs> well... Do you work out? Like, you need, you know, some workout gear. You need some sports bras. You need, yeah. oh, there's the matching leggings. Oh, they're on sale, so you can get a set. Two for, you know, 65 Oh, by the way, try this fragrance. Oh, also, do you have the angel card? And mm-hmm. you would be, like, we would do what we called observations, where your mm-hmm. manager would watch you, like, have an interaction with a customer. And if you didn't hit all these things, mm-hmm. I constantly got in trouble. Well, not in trouble, but coached. Mm-hmm there you go um for not trying to sell fragrance (laughs) and for not getting people to sign up for the angel card Mm. because i was like
1: like one of the best sales ladies i was yeah and that's why i got the job Mm -hmm. is
0: because like they essentially wanted me to train all the girls all the new girls and to like manage that um but i i still stand by the one to wash one to wear one to spare that is very helpful. Um, I stand by the zero. <laughs> Emma is very anti-bra, which is fair. I support you in that. Um, but yeah. But your it, bra doesn't. It is a lifestyle.
2: My, my bra doesn't. That was so <laughs> dumb.
0: <laughs> but it, it was a lifestyle that yeah. we were trying to sell. And yeah. it's like, oh, but also, like, have you been next door to pink? Like, no, no. And, and it's just like, how big can we get this transaction to be? B and mm-hmm. it's like, like really, I just was like, I just want to help ladies find good bras. <laughs> mm-hmm. So obviously, there's tons to dive into here. So I want to ask, what are your criticisms?
1: Hit me with your best shot. I do have a lot of criticisms, and namely, my main criticism is I walked away from it thinking, what was the point of watching that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was sort of like first episode, like a history of starting Victoria's Secret. Doop doo doo. then bad things happened and I'm like yeah you're about like seven years too late me too Mm -hmm. happened forever ago Mm -hmm. and then it was like let's do a whole episode on Jeffrey Epstein and I'm like I literally watched the documentary on Jeffrey Epstein so like can we can we not thank you that was that I I just was like I literally felt like it was point like I I do not recommend this document series at all yeah Mm -hmm.
0: obviously Jeffrey Epstein was involved and like that's important and noteworthy but I was also like can we Talk more about less, actually, yeah. the, the founder or the yeah. owner of uh, and the person that grew what they claimed the inventor of fast fashion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, um, like, yeah, like, there's so much to dive into there tons. about, like, he, like, developed or, like, he developed his own sourcing in mm-hmm. cheaper places so that he could get be faster than competitive brands, which probably, yeah. like, further increase, like, wage Abuse and, oh, like, employee yeah. abuse. I mean, if and they're all... calling
2: him the inventor of fast fashion, yeah, he's essentially invented a huge human rights crisis exactly. across the world. Yeah. Like, that is what that is. There's yeah. juice
1: there. There's tons. And I was like, why are we talking about Jeffrey Epstein's mansion in Mar-a-Lago? Like... That was a year two years ago. Like we're yeah. we're done talking about him. Yeah. I want to hear about this like asshole who started this company it was and did all these other horrible things.
0: They were like, oh yeah, Jeffrey, let's talk about him. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I like I wanna understand this crazy character mm-hmm. that like, you know, in so many ways, he was a genius businessman. Like he in like the way retail is done today, like, he created a lot of that. Like, and so I'm like, this man has shaped forever our culture in this way. And, like. Hopefully not forever. Well, hopefully not forever. <laughs> Obviously, there are tons of atrocities yeah. associated with that. But it's like, I I actually really care about him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like, come back to me when you have an actual documentary. Yeah. That's what I that's what I kind of felt like. I was like, you just spewed a bunch of facts at me. Like this yeah. was not like groundbreaking. It did not reveal any sort of like interesting, new, yeah. exciting information. Like yeah. I could have achieved all of this in a Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It was like, oh, you mean models are sexually harassed in the
1: industry? It's like, Even though that's surprise. that's horrible, but I feel like that's that's acknowledged, you know. Yeah. And they only acknowledge it. That was also annoying. Yeah, I was like, you 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 said nothing. You just repeated what people have been saying for years now, mm-hmm. and like didn't say anything groundbreaking or new. Like I was like, why? Yeah, why is this helpful? Were
2: you wanting more like opinions?
1: <sighs> I was wanting either more personal stories of like. Like, never before heard, Mm -hmm. this is how I was sexually harassed by Les Wexner stories Mm -hmm. or even any of his cohorts or... Like yeah,
2: like Ed was a very interesting yeah, character. So he was creepy. He slimy. seemed like the one who was more slimy yeah. in terms of his association with, Asian with the women. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Whereas yeah. Les,
2: I don't know that there really was a lot.
0: He seemed somewhat removed. Yeah, in, from the
2: models specifically. In a lot of ways. It was, right. it was Ed with the models, yeah. and yeah. he was gross. But
1: he was gross, but they definitely could have dug into that more. Yeah. You know, like sure. it just felt like. It seemed like they like, did like. They a, sort of glossed over it.
0: Yeah, they put, they put together a piece, but uh-huh. they didn't practice journalism.
1: Listen. yeah they're like there's lots of women who are sexually harassed you're like yeah moving on yeah. tell me about let's it let's talk about Jeffrey yeah. Epstein and I was like that, tell me a story like yeah. what to, yeah. you know like let's actually talk about the intricacies of how sexual harassment becomes commonplace in the mm-hmm. workplace yeah and how it's reflected here but actually like this practice is widespread you yeah know, like let's, how is this let's get still into tolerated? It, you know yeah like
0: how is that happening still? yeah
2: yeah mm. part of me wonders if it is a situation where uh, the people who created this docuseries got the funding for it, but didn't get the interviews they thought they would. Um. You know, like, I with a docuseries, it's sort of, like, you don't necessarily know who wants to talk and, sure. like, who yeah. will for sure give you the juicy things. And so yeah. to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt, it could have been a situation like that. Um, but I do feel like I was confused by the, The focus on Jeffrey Epstein, um, especially the last episode, was, like, almost all of it, the first, like, two-thirds of the episode were just about Jeffrey Epstein. And then the last third, they finally switched back to Les Wexner. They were like, oh, yeah, he was
0: with that guy. Mm -hmm. And
2: the Jeffrey Epstein stuff was interesting, sure, but not really relevant Mm -mm. to the Victoria's Secret conversation, Mm -hmm. because they were even going into things that happened pretty removed from Mm -hmm. Victoria's Mm -hmm. Secret and from Mm -hmm. Les Wexner. And so that was confusing to me, and I felt like that was out of place. Mm -hmm. Um, I also was a bit confused, and I think I felt conflicted about the times that they um, talked about Les Wexner's debated sexuality. Mm. Uh, I was like, it felt erroneous, and it felt like – they were trying to drop something sort of juicy and saying, oh, there were rumors, maybe he was gay. And then they were like, but he did have, was involved with a woman, but she wasn't Jewish, so he couldn't marry her. And then that was it. And I was like, I don't know if you just said this because you think it's like fascinating to talk about someone maybe being gay, but it feels a little um, like they're trying to pull on like a false taboo Mm. or something. Absolutely,
1: It Mm -hmm. definitely felt like, Oh, and guess what? He was gay. Like, yeah, as if it's, it's like, okay, we're in twenty twenty two. it's not is, a big deal. It's not yeah. a scandal anymore. No, no. If you're gonna talk about him being gay, talk about how like the culture at the time yeah, it. Exactly. Don't talk, yeah. About, like, talk about the
2: tragedy yeah. of if he was gay, yeah. how he wasn't able to yeah. um, like live his but life. They touched,
1: yeah, they used it as like a taboo. <laughs> yeah, like, sort it's of, like,
2: ooh, maybe he was gay. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha <laughs> and it's like, just,
1: like Okay. excuse me, like,
2: that's like not are like... you in 2005? Yeah, I mean, this is yes. not <laughs> The whole documentary news was in 2005. Yeah. yeah. That's how it, it
0: felt. It felt
2: like a very outdated way of representing that. And like, mm-hmm. it felt also irrelevant. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, how does Les Wexton's sexuality play into this at all? It could, but they didn't draw connections yeah. to his sexuality and the company yeah. really in any way. And even if he was gay, he was still super misogynistic in terms of the way that, like, he treated his female CEO or Mm -hmm. female upper level employees in the way that, like, women were regarded in terms of the media that they put out and the models and all of that.
0: It's like, oh, guess what? You can still be gay and a misogynist. You oh. sure can.
2: People are complex and multifaceted. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and that's why I was fascinated and wanted to yeah. hear more. Yeah. Um, but I also, it's fascinating too, because they referenced something that I remember working there when this happened. And it was when a creative director said, oh, we would never have a trans model because mm. we are selling a fantasy.
2: Mm. And yes. I remember- And no one, that's no one's fantasy. Was yes. was like, yeah, the thing.
0: And I remember when that happened in our store, all of us girls were talking about it and mm. like, almost like distraught, like- what do you mean we're selling a fantasy? Whose fantasy is this? We're mm-hmm. helping women. We care about women every day. And if that woman happens to be trans, guess what? She's going to walk in and have the same experience. Mm. And like it was it was truly distressing mm-hmm. because it felt like it felt like the company was training us to care so much and then at the end of the day they didn't. When they had like a big like I don't even know what to call it. They were like talking about these big events they would have as a staff and like um, less would come out and they would like be talking about like taking over the world and like reshaping the industry. and they would all he the interview E interview E talked about actually it feeling like a religious experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really fascinating to connect those two. Yeah, well, because at the
2: end of the day, it's tribalism, right? Mm. It's people seeking a place where they feel they belong and also a place where they can be accepted, elevated, etc. And so that's why stuff like a religious experience, why sports teams, why aligning yourself with a brand that gives you a certain status Mm -hmm. is so tantalizing. Mm -hmm. And capitalism, like, capitalizes on that, not to be redundant, (laughs) but it does. And um, that's, like, part... It's it's such a um, it's such a key to the to unlock uh, mm-hmm. selling things to people, mm-hmm. and so this idea that you're part of something. Like, ev- I think everybody falls into that no mm-hmm. matter what. Like, I would say that my tribalism when it comes to what will sell me something is whether it's environmentally effective and, like, um, sustainable and ethical. Mm-hmm. That is still tribalism. Yep. Like, I am still falling into a grouping mm-hmm. and things are going way more likely to sell me if they have those tr- those hallmarks and mm-hmm. they're part of that tribe right yep. so for them it's like we are going to sell people by bringing them into our tribe of Victoria's mm-hmm. secret into our tribe of the fantasy of the beautiful mm-hmm. aspirational woman that mm-hmm. everybody every man wants and every woman wants to be
0: mm-hmm. right yep here's what was fascinating to me too is how originally the very first fashion show it was very taboo and like the models were like went home crying because Mm. they were on the runway in their underwear like well and it was a
2: career ruiner
0: yes and it it went from a few years of this is the bottom of the barrel and just how you um just how you're trying to like pay your bills or get in the Mm. door somehow like selling out and to now it was like no; these are career makers, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was
2: they were supermodel producers. Exactly, like, they created some of the biggest supermodels, yes. mm-hmm. in like, the world.
0: Candace, forget her last name, and Tyra, Tyra Banks. Banks, and oh, what's the beautiful Brazilian Heidi Klum? One? Heidi Klum, that's a great one. And even
2: Kendall Jenner, Kendall
0: Jenner, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bella Hadid, mm-hmm. hi- uh, the other one, Hadid. <laughs> I, I forget know. her name. Um the Hadid sisters. I mm-hmm. mean almost the majority of the models that you see today or at least the new like the newer models maybe closer to our age they came up through Victoria's Secret. Cara Delevingne. Mm-hmm. There's another one. Um, And I think it's really fascinating to see that culture shift and how it was like from one year to the next, this is the Mm -hmm. biggest thing happening and every young model wants Mm -hmm. to get in that show.
1: Well, I would say that's the one thing I commend Victoria's Secret for is not um, all the erroneous, fast fashion, environmental crisis causing things or the, you know, sexual harassment or whatever. But I think what they did was they... Allowed women to express their sexuality more openly um, and made it more commonplace for, like, mainstream celebrities and things to do the same. Mm -hmm. When before that sort of, like, expression was very taboo.
0: Yeah. And, like, I mean, I think of people like Madonna, Mm -hmm. right? She pushed that envelope Mm -hmm, so much. mm -hmm. And it could have gone one of two ways. It could have broken her career, made her in a – and. Fortunately, it made her, right? Mm-hmm. And, but you haven't, we hadn't really seen that in culture at a mass scale like this, and that everyone wanted to watch. It did make me a little bummed though. Like, even though I enjoyed the Victoria's Secret fashion show when they were doing it, um, it was clearly catered to men. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not really like, look at us women empowering other women. Mm -hmm. It's like, how sexy can we be to get Mm -hmm. the men to tune Mm -hmm. in, which is shocking because we were also I guess it's not that shocking, but we were trained to specifically sell to women because on average, like 70 percent of the purchasing agents of the household are women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like we're catered to selling
1: to women, not necessarily to men, Mm -hmm. which is. Interesting. Yeah, but it's like conflicting sort of narratives. It's like Mm -hmm. your marketing appeals to men because the assumption is that women want to be associated with a brand that will appeal to men.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was one thing that confused me a little bit. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, if they're saying they're for women, but yeah, they were talking about how at the fashion show, it was like all these men were there watching and how they were definitely catering into the male gaze. And it's like, How does this therefore sell to women? But I can also see that idea of, oh, if women see that men like Mm -hmm. this, then their strategy is women are going to want the thing that they see men liking. So it's
1: like being valuable in the male gaze is Mm -hmm. for a long time has been the epitome of female value, right? Like that's the girl next door narrative Mm -hmm. is like being sort of this desirable, like – perfectly well-rounded woman Mm -hmm. um that but it's for the purpose of the man all the men want yeah yeah and it's
2: sort of i think it's something that women both hate and also want like it's the idea of oh the male gaze is so disgusting and like it's so gross when we see this in media Mm -hmm. like it's it's so exploitative but then at the same time so many women are like and I've been guilty of this as well, are like, oh, but I I do want to look like that. Or like, I do want that attention. Mm -hmm. And so this is the way to get it. Or Mm -hmm. um, this is the path that's being shown to me. This is the only option, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's ultimately like you want to be valued in culture. And so it's the... And successful. Yeah. I mean, success for a woman is oftentimes in that lens. And I think that's changing. But um, like you see that in media and movies and... Music, like, totally. and I think, yeah, now in twenty twenty two, that's mm-hmm. really changed a lot. Yeah, is like even the even the song Victoria's Secret, like, she's being like, mm, I think, I think I want to point out some issues with this, yep. like, a horrible message that was fed to me, and like women sort of standing up against some of those like pressures. I yeah. think mm-hmm. has started to become more mainstream. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, it's like the. Everybody wants to be J-Lo or Beyonce or Gal Gadot or, you know, like, the woman who plays the girl who Mm -hmm. all the guys want. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: it's fascinating because in a way they were just training uh, a mass of women, essentially, like, this is how you are desirable. And I think that's really – again, like, he – did something really that had never been done before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really fascinating.
2: So. Yeah. It's definitely innovative. Yeah. But also, I hate it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And here we are with body issues trying to and, figure out how to and here we regroup, <laughs> you know, like how to rebuild our psyche. You yeah. Know, it, it's – yeah. And, and I, I don't think we can – hundred percent attribute all of that to Les Wexner. Um, I think that there are multiple factors at play. Um, Victoria's Secret is just one symptom of a very a, a very
0: loud voice, a very
1: loud yeah. symptom. Or yes. at least
0: they were a loud voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yes. there's They're been losing...
2: a lot of people moving away from Victoria's Secret, yeah. especially I think as online brands have gotten popular, like mm-hmm. Third Love. Like people uh, love Third Love, which I've never... always
0: shocks me. <laughs> You don't like their bras? No.
2: Yeah. Have
0: you worn some of their bras? I've tried one on Mm -hmm. and I did not think it was great. And I've heard a lot of like – uh, I got a lot of customers coming mm. in because they were frustrated trying to shop online mm. with Third Love. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this doesn't work for me. Sure.
1: Yeah, I had the same experience last year. I bought two bras from Third Love thinking like, okay, I'm going to move away from Victoria's Secret now. Because like literally all my bras in the last yeah. seven years have been Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Um, So I'm like, I'm just going to – I don't want to buy from Victoria's Secret anymore. And it was like the worst two bras that – they are so uncomfortable yeah. that I returned them and I couldn't wear yeah. them anymore. So. <sighs> yeah. So it's like where else there do is we shop? still where do
2: women go? The thing though is that there are a ton of women who don't shop at Victoria's Secret anymore. So they're getting their bras from somewhere. Yeah. And it's places like Third Love or other mm-hmm. bra companies. I can't name a list because I don't buy bras. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. that's I don't I don't know the places that people are getting bras from. Yeah. Um but there has been this huge move away from Victoria's Secret, I yep. think because of an ethical stance. I think also because of the way that our market has moved towards online shopping mm-hmm. and out of the malls. Mm-hmm. Uh, malls are becoming wastelands now <laughs> very quickly. And so uh, it, that's also fascinating just to see how this titan of the industry is is collapsing. Straight downfall. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think she's been way too slow to adjust her branding and her Victoria messaging. has, yes. <laughs> yes. Like we're the talk- secret is she's not with the times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. secret is she's fifteen years behind. and like, she,
1: and she's she's you know maybe maybe up to speed with more conservative viewpoints on the subject maybe. Mm. But, and she's like saying things that are like, yeah, I'm body positive, but like, yeah, yeah all her models are still like very hourglass shaped, very, you know, like, yeah, not all of them. I will say now. more recently, yeah,
0: they've even got more curvy mannequins, but I will save that for a little bit later in the episode, personally, because I have thoughts. But um, you are seeing them try to like damage control mm-hmm. essentially. Which is fascinating. So, obviously, there's tons of negatives. negatives.
1: <laughs> we, I boo, feel like Victoria's Secret. We can go for a long time. But and boo this docuseries. Boo this docuseries. Honestly, I hate the docu series more than I hate Victoria's Secret as a brand. That's pretty. I, That's I, a I lot. I definitely hate Victoria's <laughs> Secret
2: more. My feelings towards I don't towards think the this? docuseries supports, like, environmental catastrophe and slavery. <laughs> so, oh, I know. But, like, my
1: I, feelings towards sure. this series are, like... In the in the toilet. So bad. in comparison. And there's so many like I feel like we've
2: brought up so many points of ways they could have gone. Totally. That they didn't dive into that actually wouldn't even necessarily require them getting different people interviewed. Yeah. But just going into like if Lex Wexner was gay, then like what does that look like for him? Like, how does that, Mm -hmm. what was the struggle like at that time being Mm -hmm. a gay man? They could have talked about that Mm -hmm. without even talking about whether or not Mm -hmm. he was. Mm -hmm. They also could have talked about like, um, the Me Too movement more. Yes. Um, although some people would say the Me Too movement is kind of a failed experiment because it didn't get all the results that it wanted, but it did help. Yeah. And it was like a, it was a stepping stone. And, or even talking about the, like, the fact that he created this whole new way of mm-hmm. of selling to people and of sourcing and mm-hmm. taking their private jets all over the world and like hitting up the, the big brands. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about the environmental impact of that. Talk yeah. about the human rights impact of that. Talk talk about all those things if you're trying to expose Victoria's Secret. Yep. They didn't even go into those things. Yeah, honestly,
1: the documentaries felt about as lukewarm as their attempts to try and be relevant now.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it sort of fell in line with Victoria's Secret in the way
1: that they it do kind that. of fits. like did Victoria's Secret do this documentary because it kind of feels like it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Honestly, I it think it actually
1: I, kind of does. It
0: does. I I almost think too I would be more interested to hear more from the women that were higher up in the company than we even did. Because to me, it's yeah, like, hey, this like is a... they,
2: mentioned it. And yeah. then they were like, but
0: they weren't really listened they're to. They like, no, no, yeah, let's talk about it had the hard time. time. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Actually, as a woman in the workplace aspiring to get higher up in a company, like, you're basically saying they're like, we want to cultivate this beautiful female experience. And then we're not listening to the women in the room. Like, I'm like, hmm. But outside of all of those things... Were there any positives to you or did you like anything?
2: Yes, there were positives for me. Mm. Um, I liked... I genuinely did like learning about the history of it. Yeah. I was a history major for one semester, so I do like history <laughs> and I like just learning about those things um I liked gaining more fodder for reasons why not to purchase from Victoria's Secret um, and I it just like was another resource, even albeit a small resource that has some, good information and some irrelevant or ineffective information um, to add to my like repertoire of things that I know about fast fashion and capitalism and corruption and sexism. (laughs) So I liked that about it. Um, There were some fascinating lines that they drew that I also wish they had dug into more of like the fact that if Jeffrey Epstein who is known for being a predator to not just women, but underaged women mm-hmm. was also involved in a company at the time that they started targeting underage women with pink, like what they brought up that correlation and then breezed past it. And I was yep. like, tell me more. What yep. does that mean? What does that look like? Was Jeffrey Epstein really part of that? Like, yep. How involved was he with the creation of Pink? Because they brought yes. it up and then they kept going. Yes. And so that was fascinating to me. I'm like, is Pink all just about, like, being a predator
1: to underage women? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would to say, I was surprised to hear that Pink is, like, directed towards young girls. Because I've never looked at it that way. To me, it's always just been, like, the comfier, sportier side of Victoria's Secret. Oh. That's- From a
0: store perspective, we're targeting college girls.
2: Really? Yeah. So (laughs) I always thought of it as, like, that's for, like, Like high schoolers. Teenagers. Yeah, teenagers. I
1: never thought of it that way. Yeah,
2: because when I was a teenager, I did have, like, I think one or two things from Pink. Mm. I, like, did shop in Pink.
1: Yeah, but Um, lots of teenagers have Victoria's Secret stuff, too. Sure.
2: But to me, it was like, oh, this one is for me. Oh. Victoria's, like, Pink is. Victoria's Secret is for, like, a woman. Yeah. I'm, like, a teenager, so (laughs) I get Pink. (laughs) Yeah. Um... But yeah, so there were some things that I liked in that sense. I always will like that something is um, making people think a little bit more Mm -hmm. about the brands that they purchase from and about uh, what all went behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that for someone who maybe doesn't ever look into brands and doesn't ever have any background information behind those, it could be an okay introductory docu-series. To get people to just start thinking about, well, what am I purchasing things from? Yeah. What am I supporting? And there's lots of people who don't think about that. And so I think in that sense, I liked it okay. Those yeah. are the positives for me, while there are also plenty of negatives. But if I were to think about what are the things that I think were good about it, that's
0: what I have. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, I mean, I'd say positives for me was that it was fine. I wasn't bored. Yeah, I was actually,
2: I wasn't bored. I did watch it and was relatively entertained and Mm, able to stay engaged. Um, It was not the worst docuseries I've ever seen.
1: No, yeah. It it was just, it was okay. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. I think, for me,
0: what I liked most about the documentary was... uh, Getting to understand Les Wexner's origin story. Um, and realizing, like, wow, this guy comes from a background of retail with his parents. He started his own retail store called The Limited because there was a limited selection because he had barely any money. And I think that's really fascinating. I I love a good rags to riches story. Um, but also I think seeing how I work in supply chain now and seeing how he revolutionized supply chain and truly shaped the narrative for how supply chain is done now was also very fascinating. Um, I also really loved what we mentioned earlier about the models and like, essentially like normalizing female sexuality more, um, even if they were exploiting it to market to women in a specific way. Um, That was fascinating. And then I had one more. Oh, and then I really also liked hearing from the female executives that were in the company. So that was a very interesting thing to kind of grapple with internally. And also just like, it almost felt like a little bit of a deconstruction, like understanding more about this brand that I was a part of Mm -hmm. once upon a time. And the good that I experienced and saw and participated in at the store level doesn't necessarily outweigh the evils that were happening at the higher corporate level.
2: Sure. And I imagine every store, individual store experience could be drastically different. Absolutely. So, like, you have long gushed about, like, how great it was working for Victoria's Secret and how much yeah. you enjoyed it. And, like, that's fully possible and valid while Mm -hmm. at the same time someone who works at a different store might have an awful experience and then someone who works on the corporate level might have an awful or a wonderful experience and same with someone who walks in the fashion shows might have an awful or horrible experience Mm -hmm. and so it's yeah that doesn't invalidate it but like it's acknowledging all those things are happening
0: yeah yeah absolutely and I think it's okay that it's like we have complex experiences and complex stories, and that's part of being human. Um, so, yeah. Overall, I somewhat enjoyed it, but for the most part, I felt like the negatives outweighed the positives with the documentary.
1: Um, so, yeah. I'd tell people, like, don't bother. Read I a, a, I don't know, article or something if you, like, want to know more. Or listen to this podcast too, too late for to that us. now. Just
2: listen to all the episodes of our podcast uh. and you'll have learned more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Listen mm-hmm. to
1: one episode of our podcast and you'll learn learned more. Five <laughs> well, it depends on the episode. It depends. <laughs>
0: um, so then all that, like, I'm just curious. As the company is clearly trying to become relevant again, mm. do you see positives in this? Do you... Like, what are your thoughts? Because clearly they're trying to catch up to the times.
1: I mean, sure. I I feel like there's no reason that Victoria's Secret as a company cannot update and change and, like, become a brand that I admire. You know? Like, Mm. Like, they could revamp everything, start, you know, producing more ethically, like, change their narrative about like different body types and things Mm -hmm. like have better representation on their website and in their stores like Mm -hmm. there's tons of things that they could do to revamp in a way that would make me want to continue consuming their products Mm -hmm. um i have no uh, like belief that they would do all that
0: yeah Yeah, because it's it's interesting, right? So, like, you can do – like, for example, their models are starting to be more inclusive. They have now a mixture of body types on their mannequins. They have removed the idea of the angels – and brought in a now more inclusive group of women as imba- brand ambassadors. One of them is Megan Rapino. Mm-hmm. They have brought on. They also have a
2: trans model now. They also mm-hmm.
0: have a trans model. They have brought in someone. Her first name's Remy. And she is consulting with them essentially for Pink specifically of like, this is how you become more inclusive. This is how you become more body positive. Um, and essentially saying, I'll work with you. But, and I listened. She has a episode on call her daddy where she's interviewed and talks about this and she's like listen I'll work with you but if you start to just like bullshit me like I'm out like I don't need this I don't need your money I can go walk in fashion shows like I'm fine mm-hmm. but I also feel conflicted because I'm like oh you're just trying to stay relevant and make sales but also this is good change this mm-hmm. is still positive for other women that interact with the brand mm-hmm. And this is – it's important to have more representation.
1: Well, and I kind of alluded to this before. And I and I, I hear them saying all these things like, you know, we've seen them make changes and stuff. But, like, I was in their store, like, last week, literally. Yeah. And I'm like – You went without me? Yeah, I did. Oh, really? <laughs> but I'm like, if your plus size models – um I was helping someone purchase a – um, wedding gift by the way nice. this is not for me it. but i was like if you're if your plus size model mannequins or even your plus size models look exactly the same as your skinny models but just like wider yeah that's not inclusive body type yeah that's true that's not like that's just a it's like the same shape but curvier or whatever yeah, just like, a
0: little wider yeah like
1: you're still idealizing an hourglass look mm-hmm. i was like if you're not like chain like having different types of thin and different types of wide and different like heights and different abilities. Like Mm -hmm. I I don't, I mean, to me that was inclusive like five years ago. It's Mm -hmm. not inclusive anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I,
2: if you're familiar with the concept of greenwashing, this is essentially the same thing, but instead of being from an environmental standpoint, it's from like a, body positivity standpoint uh so For anyone who doesn't know, greenwashing is when companies essentially like put a like environmentalism stamp onto themselves uh, without actually doing the work behind the scenes for it. So uh, they might do something like use some recycled materials, but they still have an extremely environmentally um, unsustainable supply chain and production process and wage inequities and all sorts of things. And they don't have any true certification or transparency as a company. Um, And so it's putting that stamp on the outside to get people to purchase your product or whatever it is that you're selling. So this to me is the same thing. It is uh, putting about a body positivity or a inclusivity stamp on the front and um, saying, well, we're good now. (laughs) And in order to still be able to sell their product, because this is not, in fact, a true cultural shift within the company. In my mind, it is a financial shift. Mm -hmm. It is something that they see as a necessary in order to make money. Mm -hmm. And they only made the shift when it was 100 percent necessary to continue to make money, not because they felt it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Which is why, like, I pretty much will only support brands that are – have either made radical shifts towards, like, um, towards being an ethical brand or who have been built on being an ethical brand. And so this – it's it's too surface level to me. I Part of me feels conflicted in that it's shocking to hear that someone that I respect, like Megan Rapinoe, would be willing to partner with them. Yes. Um, but at the same time, she is a phenomenal example for young girls who want to buy those bras. And I think that she probably sees that as um, a valid way of, of influencing culture. Yep. Seeing a, like... M- a mass, semi-masculine woman who's athletic, who is married to another woman, like, seeing that as the a face of Victoria's Secret, who's also involved in politics. Like, she yeah. is a very well-rounded person and someone that I like, but then seeing her as a Victoria's Secret model or ambassador, I should say. Ambassador. Um, it's... That is hard but also in some ways it's good. It's like, yeah. yes, take these steps, but I'm still not going to support you. Yeah. These steps are positive, but I'm they're not enough to me at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting to see someone like Megan Rapino do something like this cuz she truly is an activist, right? Mm-hmm. And she has changed women's sports for the better forever. Um and I'm sure that that was probably uh complicated decision for her to make right mm-hmm. like feeling you know like she probably has to like like she wants to partner to help women that interact with the brand but at the same time doesn't necessarily probably align 100 with the brand which is like that's that's a whole other thing
1: i mean also like people are multifaceted like i think of to me i love taylor swift i think she's iconic i think she has done a lot of work for female empowerment and just being excellent in what she does but like she's not an environmentalist she's not fully well rounded you know like she's she's you know like pushed a lot for things like getting people to vote and Mm -hmm. like and get involved in their politics and stuff like that but it's like she's not she's a person you know um and so i think megan rapinoe is also a person like she she's done a lot of good in this world and she'll do a lot of bad in this world and She'll just like continue all of us, to do both, you know, right? like we will all continue to do both. Yeah, it's true. All right,
0: ladies, closing final thoughts on Victoria's Secret. Is there anything that hasn't
1: been said yet? <laughs> I would just want to uh, add a caveat that I am currently wearing a Victoria's Secret bra right now. And all of my closet <gasps> is Victoria's Secret bras. I'm not like, I don't know. I think that there's like, yes, Well, and I'm not saying that I will continue to shop at Victoria's Secret. I'm just saying, like, currently that's the bras that I have. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I feel like it's – every person has to make the best decision that they can with the resources that they have Mm -hmm. in the – you know, with the access that they have and the knowledge that they have. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like – I think it's really valuable to push for more conscious consumerism. But also, like, you can't be and do everything Mm -hmm. as a human. And so – Doing your best and making incremental change is um, is more a part of it than anything. Totally. Yeah. That's all I like to say. Thank I
0: you. mean, I won't lie. I still have a ton of – I'm wearing a Victoria's Secret bra right now mm-hmm. if you are listening and not watching. And I will continue to probably use the products that I have from them until I can't use them anymore. But now that it's like, oh, okay, well, it's time to find a new underwear brand. Like, I'm not going to continue to buy – from Victoria's Secret for that specifically. And now I'm finding, like, wonderful brands like Hoo-Ha that I really love and admire, and I think they do great work. But I can't lie. Like, part of me will still love the idea of going into a Victoria's Secret store and hearing the fun music and the beautiful lighting and the idea of the glamour and the, like, beauty and the celebration of femininity. But I don't know that I can participate in that anymore. And I don't... Because I know everything I do now, but also I, I've i evolved as a person since I've shopped there and since I've worked there quite a bit. And so I don't know that Kelly now can still enjoy that experience as Kelly then did.
2: Yeah. My final thoughts, series is okay. Jeffrey Epstein was the worst. <laughs> we need to be conscious consumers of the things that we buy and I hate going to malls. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: why. See, I love the mall. I'm, it is sad to me that it's dying yeah. a little bit. Because, like, going, getting a pretzel and shopping around, like, going to the mall and just looking at stuff, like, I mean, I I grew up in Minnesota. The Mall of America was, like, a destination, you know? Yeah. And so we would, like, all drive down as friends and walk around and not afford anything and eat Panda Express for lunch. And it was, like, the most exciting thing. Yes. Like, that that will always have a nostalgic, like, feeling for me. Do you Mm -hmm. remember how much your feet would hurt after walking around all day? You'd be so tired. Oh, my God. And you would, like, well, I don't know how cold it gets in Oklahoma, but, like, we would, like, leave our coats in... The cars and like freeze on the way yeah. into the store so that we didn't have to like carry our coats around yeah. all day. So, who wants but,
0: to carry their coat around? Ew.
1: Yeah. You get hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think
2: I just have, I have like some pretty deep seated just like anxiousness around going to the mall because I see all the stuff. And it makes me really, really upset um, just seeing the magnitude of things that people are trying to buy and, like, seeing the waste. And, like, that's where my mind goes because it's just so, like, ingrained in me now that I can't enjoy them all. <laughs> like, mm. it's, it's very stressful to me, the idea of having to look at all of that stuff and being face-to-face with consumerism. It's, like... It sometimes literally I get like physical responses to it at times, so I avoid them. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are my own issues, um, and so yeah. It, Victoria's Secret is what it is. Yeah. It's a giant corporation, and it's corrupt.
0: It's
1: becoming less what giant. one is.
2: Surprise! <laughs> surprise! <laughs> yeah, <I was> like <laughs>
0: like
1: <laughs> bomb dropped there. <laughs> yeah, like I guess I won't shop at Target anymore either. <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah, know.
2: Target, I think, is sli- anyway, it doesn't matter. Target is slightly more ethical than Victoria's Secret, but only from certain things. Anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, ladies, this was a good one. I mean, it wasn't good, but we had lots of thoughts. <laughs> it was actually bad. It was actually not a very good documentary. <laughs> we don't necessarily recommend it, but, you know. We learned some things. We learned some things. We're here to let you know. We this are. Now
2: you know. You
1: don't really have to watch it. We're here to keep you informed. Yeah, you basically watched it. (laughs) So I hope you didn't watch it before listening to us talk about how much we hated watching it and will now not watch it. Yeah. Because um, pretty much everything we said, you, you're, I mean, like, you're up to speed. Now, we hit all, so. all the key points. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> yeah. that you would yeah. have learned. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. We established the, the arch and the overview. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, but thank you so much for listening and being with us today, Women Beings. Make sure you are following us on social, which is Instagram and TikTok, and interacting with us because we want to hear from you. And you can also listen to us on almost every single podcast platform out there. Make sure you're giving us a review on all of them, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.